Vera Payne. Diets are part of a multi-million dollar industry, and you would think it would be easy to lose weight with so many plans available, but it's not. We're constantly being told to eat less and move more, but many people still fail. The questions come to mind as to why. Internist and obesity medicine specialist Dr. Alexander Sowa explains some of the reasons why weight loss is difficult and how technology may be able to help you. Thanks for joining me, Dr. Sowa. Yes, well, thank you for having me. So when it comes to weight loss, why is it mm -hmm. that even when people diet and exercise, they still don't lose weight? Because weight loss is complicated. And although we really like to boil it down to just eat less and exercise more, the biology of weight gain and weight loss is a lot more complicated than that. So I'm a, a dual board certified doctor of internal medicine in a field called metabolic health and obesity medicine. And my, my mission in life is to tell people it's not just as easy as kind of willing the weight away. Often we really need to work with our own biology. And that's because a lot of factors go into play when we gain weight and then when we need to lose weight. And so there's a hormonal component, there's a genetic component, there's something called an epigenetic component, which is where our environment kind of changes our genes. There is an environmental component, and then there is an element of like what we do in our world and how we eat and how we move our bodies. So we really need to think about everything holistically when we try to lose weight. And it's really not fair to people out there who hear from their doctor or, you know, they're like, I need to lose some weight. And they're just not given any direction. So I hope we can talk about that today. Yeah, it's funny you say that a lot of times. And I know I've had that experience where a doctor will just tell you, hey, eat less. And it's like, well, if I eat less, I won't be eating at all, yet the weight isn't coming off. What do you do then? So when that happens, I find that there's normally something going on on the inside that's affecting your outside. And what I mean by that is we need to identify metabolically what's happening in your body, because I, I actually find this a lot in my private practice where patients will come to me and they'll say, you know, I'm really not eating anything. I'm trying my hardest and I'm actually just gaining weight. And while other doctors might say that can't be true, like log your food and count your calories, I find it to be true 10 out of 10 times. And what's happening is that often there's something that's going on that makes just eating less not work to your favor. The number one element is insulin resistance. So metabolic dysfunction is rampant in our country. 88% of us have some evidence of metabolic dysfunction. And what does that mean? That means that our body is not processing food correctly. And the primary driver of that is often something called insulin resistance. So our body eats a carbohydrate and it doesn't respond to it in the way that our bodies are made to respond. And every time you take in food in that carbohydrate fashion, no matter how low the calories are, your body can just store it straight as fat. And that happens because your insulin levels are really high and it makes you hungry and it just makes everything you eat get stored as fat. So no matter how little you're eating, if it's not the right type of food for what your body needs and how it's responding, it can make it impossible to lose weight. And in fact, you'll just keep gaining weight. Now, it's funny you say that I have PCOS 
And oh. one of the craziest things is that you're right. Whenever I have pasta, it's like you balloon yeah. up. And for a long time, I thought it was like a gluten problem because it was only carbs. So I didn't mm -hmm. really think anything of it. It's pretty funny. My doctor at one point said, hey, just get my fitness pal, track what you're eating. And that's when I figured out, like, maybe it's not just the carbs. It's almost everything I'm eating. <laughs> That is so important. I love talking about PCOS. So PCOS affects a lot of women. I know you know this, but for the listeners out there, it's about 10% of all women. And people who have polycystic ovary syndrome, of those people, 80% will have significant insulin resistance. So what we're talking about is like those, the people that are like, I'm very sensitive to carbs, or they think it's gluten oftentimes, just like you. But really, it's your body not able to process any food, no matter how quote-unquote healthy it is, when it has carbohydrates. And just for the listeners out there, there are three types of food. There's carbohydrates, there's protein, and, and there's fat. And sometimes uh, something you eat has a combination of all three. But carbohydrates, we think of like the dangerous carbs as like cookies and cake. And, and maybe people will say pasta and bread. But really, even carbohydrates come in the form of fruits and even vegetables. And sometimes in excess, when you're not kind of paying attention, those foods can still drive up blood sugar and insulin resistance, and you can get all these weird symptoms. And so I think that's a really important point that it's not just about kind of like tracking your calories, but sometimes you need to look at how you're responding to specific foods and really understand the components of the food. And that's so true. You have to listen to your body. I have a male cousin, and he works out like crazy. And he counts his calories. He tries like to be very meticulous about what he's putting into his body, but he doesn't see any results and he doesn't seem to be losing weight. What do you do at that point if you're a man? Honestly, it doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman. In this scenario, I'd say one, you have to ask yourself whether you're over-exercising or you're compensating in with your exercise in terms of how you're eating. So most weight loss, comes from diet alone. Exercise is really important when we want to maintain our weight loss and for overall cardiovascular benefits. So by no means am I saying don't exercise. But what I find is people will go so hard into like exercise boot camp or going really hard on like spinning and they'll wear themselves out. They'll do like these 90 minute rides. And by the end of it, they're so depleted. Their cortisol levels spike, their stress hormones spike. They're, they're exhausted, and all of their hormonal cues from their brain down to their gut will say, eat, 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 eat. <laughs> you just depleted me. And so it sometimes can, can work against you when you're trying to lose weight if you over-exercise. People don't know they're doing this, but what will happen is they'll say, I was good today. I worked out. I can have this cookie. And so they, what they end up doing is kind of working against themselves. So I would say, first, make sure you're not over -exercising. Exercising. Two, make sure you're still being very honest with your diet. And, and three, in terms of looking at your diet, if you're counting every calorie, if you're logging everything, then it's not a matter of just eating less, but probably changing the composition of how you're eating and saying, you know what, for one to two weeks, I'm really going to try to minimize my carbohydrates and increase my protein, or I'm going to shift the timing of things. So maybe I'll have my carbs you know, in the morning and afternoon, and I'll see if it makes a difference if I have my dinner a little bit earlier, because that really does help, and maybe minimize my, my reaction to bigger meals and, and see if that makes a difference. So I think kind of taking a different approach and just keep doing the same thing is, is really important. 
Now, I like that you sat there and you're, you're saying, hey, you have to be aware of what you're doing. I used, and I, I brought it up before, my fitness pal, and it was mm-hmm. because you can log your food in. But I actually, I don't like that app in particular. Is there any other kind of technology or app you can use out there that'll keep you accountable? So I love technology, and I'm going to tell you about my favorites. But on the most fundamental level, a pen and paper journal or an Excel spreadsheet on your computer can be sometimes the most effective because you can personalize it to your needs. And in that version, you won't be tracking your macros or your calories, but sometimes that can really overwhelm people. And so they'll say, "Uh, I can't find this particular food I just ate, so I'll just won't, I won't log it. You know, it seems like too much effort. And then you start doing that and then you just skip over entirely. And so I actually find that accountability and consistency are the highest when we create our own systems. So, and it doesn't have to be fancy. So pen and paper can really work. And I, and I encourage people if they're listening and thinking about it, just, just start there. And then there are specific apps that can help you with different elements. So yes, my fitness pal can help you get a sense for all of your macronutrients and your carbohydrates. Um, there are fasting apps. So if you decide you know, I'm a late night snacker and I really need to shut off my window and I'm just going to stop eating at 8 p.m. and I want some motivation. There's a, an app I really like called Zero and you set a timer and then it lets you know how long, you know, you've been fasting and then it kind of helps you celebrate when you get through to your 12 hour or 16 hour, 18 hour fasting window, whatever you decide. And it can be in really small increments. And I also like some of the fitness apps will help you teach you how to train in certain ways will help you keep accountable. I really personally like Peloton's app. Even if you don't have a bike, they have great little short videos that will work on on strength training, core training, things that, you know, are a little hard to do on your own and aren't so much fun. And they deliver them in short bursts, so it makes it very doable. Now, is it possible to lose weight but not body fat? Oh, well, totally, because every time you lose weight, no matter how you do it, you're going to lose muscle. Even if you are strength training, you will lose some element of muscle. So when we lose weight, we lose water, we lose fat, and we lose muscle. So we don't want to do it in an unhealthy way. So that's where exercise and proper nutrition really come into play. So we could put someone on a liquid diet, on a quote-unquote starvation diet, you know, where they just really don't eat anything, they'll lose weight but they'll, they'll lose more muscle than they will fat and they'll be weaker for it. And then in that case, what we find is that people will regain weight very, very easily because muscle is very metabolically active. So it helps you maintain what we call the basal metabolic rate. So you can continue to eat. We don't want anyone to ever lose weight in a way where as soon as they lose weight, they're so hungry and they start eating semi-normally again and then all the weight comes on and then some. That's the dangerous part about rapid weight loss or kind of crash dieting or unhealthy ways of going about it. Now, what's your opinion about activity checkers like Fitbit or Apple Watch? I think they can be really helpful. So it's fascinating to know that the 10,000 step goal that many of us have heard about is was a marketing technique. It really isn't actually based in science. So know that just because you can't get to 10,000 steps today doesn't mean that you're not being effective. Any, any little bit counts and trying to do maybe 
more than you did yesterday, if you had a slow day and didn't take many steps or just trying to keep consistently every day, it can be a good motivator. But I often find that people like set very lofty goals and then if they don't meet them, they get discouraged by the negative feedback and then they just like discard the watch. <laughs> they don't put it on again. Now tell me about your company. What exactly does uh, So Well do? Yeah, so out of my brick and mortar practice, I wanted to figure out a way to help scale my specialty care. So people, what would happen, people would come to me and they'd say, you know, I'm really trying to lose weight. It's not working. I'm doing everything. And my outside doctor says, they checked my labs and everything looks good. And then I, with my specialty training, would look at those same set of labs and I would say, you know, no, that's not entirely true. I see vitamin deficiencies and I see signs of early insulin resistance and I see metabolic syndrome, all things that will contribute to making it very difficult to lose weight if you don't do it in a specific way. And when that kept happening over and over and over again, I created So Well Health to help scale this care. And what we do is we provide at-home testing kits and specialized interpretation of the main drivers of metabolic health. And we give you these results and next step solutions so that you can identify the factors that might be holding you back from effective weight loss. Well, that's awesome, Dr. Soa. I really appreciate you being here. And for those listening, where can they find more information about you and your company? Yeah, so they can go to getsowell.com and they can check out our at-home testing kits and solutions. And they can follow along with us on Instagram and TikTok at GetSoWell. This has been the Mason Vera Payne Show. Thanks for listening. Can't wait to hear more? Head to WGNRadio.com for exclusive content by Mason. Also, follow Mason on Facebook and Twitter at Mason Vera Payne. That's all one word. And don't forget to share the show with your friends.